Okay, and we're back, and we have some more questions right. from ya. Are you ready? What's that accent? Ah, that's the Valley Girl accent. I thought it was Minnesota. Minnesota? Min- oh. You said it was Min- Minnesota? That's a very California accent. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. Hello, everybody. My name is Steve Green. And I would just like to brag that our studio just got another light. So looks much better if you're watching if some you're YouTube. Watching hint, on YouTube hint, maybe you should uh, take a look at our new we light. We do take pride in the aesthetic of the show. Maybe leave a comment about how cool our new light looks so that looks it helps us in cool. SEO and then people are looking for cool lighting videos. Yeah, and light, then people are videos. like, wait, why did this podcast come up? Well, oh. I was just looking for lighting videos. <laughs> and then yeah, okay, maybe not. Yeah. Well, you could still do that. Okay. We like it. Um, so a lot of you have asked new questions and we would like to give you new answers for those new questions. Are you ready for this? Always. Okay. Just a disclaimer. We are not experts. So if we so happen to talk about relationships or finance, just know we are not a therapist, a psychologist or a financial advisor. So I'm pretty good at crypto though. Don't sue. Gotta say. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm I'm pretty 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 good at it. Money management and stocks. I think so. Dude, one of my stocks that I bought at 108 in last March is at 250 now. That's fucking good. Yeah, I'm Dude, tight. My new baby, SNX, went from $7 to $17. That's a cryptocurrency in coin nine for days. everybody that is listening that doesn't know what that is. So there you go. So there you go. Okay, so let's get into this. Okay, this one stood out to me. It's in all caps, and it says, Help, watching your vlogs makes me anxious. It's not usually the response Whoa, I get to my vlogs. So here we go. Okay, this is in, my folks. first review of my yeah, vlog. Okay. okay. Dear Nikki, please keep my name anonymous. You got it, Nani. We'll call you Hater. Hater Nani? Yeah. Nani Hater? Ever since my husband introduced me to your vlogs, I started experiencing a low-grade anxiety whenever I watch them because I can't wrap my head around how you are so productive. I'm always amazed watching your vlogs and hearing about the things you did in one day, in one morning, in one hour. I always wonder how you do so much in addition to shooting and editing your vlogs and Tasty Tuesdays, preparing for and recording your podcast, working with Instagram brands, JK News, Big Mood, acting, Patreon content, etc. Did I miss anything? Probably, but I won't. I'm going to stop now. And yet, you still have time to work out, meditate, redecorate your home, take care of four cats, be a chic wife, sexy time with Steve, and do other things on the regular, like bullet journaling, gel manicuring your nails, finishing one book a month or more, taking classes did on investing in finance. Yourself? I did not. <laughs> do you taking swear? care of plants and probably much more. I swear to God. Because she watches every moment of every vlog then. And somehow after all of this, you're still able to keep up with TV shows like The Bachelor. Oh my God. So not only did I not write this, but... Until it's worded back to me like this, I genuinely don't think I do shit. I know you don't. That's, <laughs> I was going to answer this one for you. That was what okay. I was going to. I was going to say I'll take this okay, one because she's fucking nuts. It definitely. She doesn't think she does anything, and so she overdoes everything because she doesn't even think she did one thing. And then at the end of it, at the end of the day, when she got everything quote unquote done, she thinks she didn't do it good. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with, folks. That is so true. I know. Fuck. So, yeah. Called out. Okay. Continues. Right. Okay. Now, I am not what one would describe as a lazy person. In fact, I'm always actively trying to be productive, but I often feel very overwhelmed by just the basic duties of life. I'm 28 and recently married. I have a nine to five work from home job and a small side hustle. 
uh, where, but I have struggled with this aspect my entire adult life where I feel like I have no time and I'm left exhausted after the important necessities of daily living alone are done. I end up delaying things I really want and need to do and I'm left feeling like a failure daily. I do manage to work out twice a week with a trainer, cook healthy meals daily and get enough sleep so it's not a matter of health or energy. A few things to note are I'm an introvert, INFJ. Oh my God, me too. I'm not good at multitasking. I am an HSP. Oh my God, me too. And I'm a recovering perfectionist. You know, I could have written this. <laughs> I think you did. Maybe I wrote this in my sleep. Yeah. Um, could you share your tips on productivity, organization, and time management? Do you have any strategies around prioritizing things you get done each day? How do you accomplish so much and still have time for downtime? Full disclosure, it even took me a few days to finish writing this. Hashtag help. How do you do it? Thank you. Nani hater. It's amazing because she even doesn't even know how much time you waste as well. I know. She has no idea. She never sees you hunked over the kitchen watching TikTok videos or, or Instagram videos or whatever and then snapping out of it after like 30 minutes and be like, oh my God, I have to do so much shit. Oh my God. Yeah. And nobody even said anything to you. <laughs> really they have distracted. no idea. No, I am the biggest procrastinator too. Yeah. No, so, okay, there's a few parts to this I want to address. One, like we said just now, I honestly... Until I went to therapy a few years ago, I genuinely didn't think I get got enough done in the day. I yeah. always feel, and I still struggle with this, where I feel like I'm trying to catch up to the clock. Um, there's a there's like a invisible um, timer that's counting down in my head all the time, and there's one that goes from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. So there's like this counter and I don't know why I think I have to do a bunch of stuff by noon, but like noon is like the deadline for me in my head. And then I, I never get it done before noon. So I always feel like I didn't get anything done and then or that I'm really behind. And then <laughs> and then uh, my other deadline is like 6 p.m. because it's like where I start to get like hungry for dinner mm -hmm. and so i'm like oh no i gotta get this shit done before i get hungry so as it starts getting to like 3 p.m i'm like there was only three hours left even though you can work like throughout the night like it does there's no well, timer you do but... have an expiration date hmm. midnight you're gone oh that's true yeah so yeah yeah that's true but yeah like a lot of this stuff is like i had to figure out what absolutely had to get done during the day like what needs daylight hours Hardly anything needs daylight hours besides going on walks, going on walks so that you don't get robbed. Yeah. And two, um, people are working the other nine to fivers that are trying to get a hold of you during work hours. Like you have to respond to them during work hours, but really they give you like one to three days to respond. So even that's not like a big deal. So there's that. Um, but two, I feel like there's a comparison aspect going on. And I also relate to you on this. I swear I'm you. I, I am you. Yeah, they, like, they, they don't get it. I am INFJ. I am an HSP. And I constantly would look at other people that seem to be getting like so much stuff done. And I'm like, how the fuck do they do that? Why? How? How do they do that? So um, I just want you to know that you're always at a different place in life than the people that you're watching. So you're comparing your middle to somebody's end or vice versa or whatever. Um, I feel like I've gotten to a place now just this year where one, I could, I let go of all the things that were extremely stressing me out. Like that had too many deadlines that weren't like really benefiting my life enough to keep them. And two, um, I have systems in place. So with this podcast, for example, we have a team. Like there's uh, Mark is on our team. Shut Nate up. does the social media. Like Take back that we, shut up. 
<laughs> we uh, prepare the episodes, which is great. That's my, that's our job for this. But even setting this up at home is so hard for us. Like usually we have Mark is doing that in struggle. a studio. It's a bit of a struggle. Um, so we, you know, really it's just creatively. We come up with the, the theme of the episodes. We prepare if it's a topic, you know, and then like we just make sure that we're present and here mm -hmm. when the camera's on. So that's our only job. Everyone else, we have a team for that. Um, and then with Big Mood also, I have a team for that. When we go work on JK, there's a team there. So there's a, there's a lot of systems. It's not just me doing it by myself anymore, where in the past it was. Mm -hmm. Like in the past, I did upload a video every single day that I edited myself. Um, and I was super stressed out. I didn't know how to sleep or eat or when to cr fit in workouts or anything. I was a mess. There is a part of me that wants to say, maybe you have to do that in the beginning when you're when you're transitioning from a nine to five full-time job to your side hustle yeah. and like kind of trying to make your side hustle your full-time thing. Um, you will not get very much sleep. It's kind of like a baby that you need to take care of and nurture and then like eventually it will grow up and do things on its own. Um, but yeah, you're so right now, if five years ago me saw right now me, she would be super overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, so don't compare yourself. And then some tips I have are definitely a bullet journal. Also, I read this book, uh, reading's a thing, like def make time for reading and meditation. Somehow it gives me more time. I don't know how it works, but it makes time go slower mm -hmm. after I meditate or read. It's very um, counterintuitive because you would well, no, think- Having clarity, I think, gives yeah. you a lot of, a lot of time. leeway. Yeah. And, yeah. Because I think too much time is soaked up by that like mental Dude, if you're, confusion. That's why I always tell people if you're going to write a script or whatever, do an outline first because then you always have the strength of clarity. You can go back and look at what you intended. Yeah. Even when you get the most stuck and twisted up and all this bullshit everyone says, like, I got writer's block, all this shit. I'm like, no, what were you trying to make? What were it you trying really to do? It really helps you go one step at a time. Clarity, it, it, it just greases the wheels for everything else. Yeah. So definitely make time for meditation. I even to date, like I struggle with sitting still for that long, feeling like I'm wasting time. But I swear to God, it makes me feel like I have so much more time because I'm so much more present in each activity that I'm doing. So how do you design a done. system though, like like for her? Like how would you- Wait, like for, I'm not done. Oh, sorry. It's almost, I'm almost there. My second biggest thing that I incorporated last year was I read a book, um, it's called The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Uh, and that one's a really good one about time management and productivity and living and like creating your dream life basically. But really he hones in on those two aspects. And the thing he brought up that I had learned about, but I totally forgot about was Pareto's law. Have you heard of the 80, 20 law where basically 80% of uh, your income comes from 20% of what you do. 80% of the things that bring you joy comes from 20% of the things you do. Uh, it, it happens everywhere. Like the, it, almost everywhere you look in life, there's the 80-20 rule. So basically he encourages focusing on, like you have this long list of all the things you have to do. What's the 20% that brings you the most wealth, the most joy, that contributes the most to your life? focus on those things mm -hmm. get those things done i i usually make a list in my bullet journal and then i just put an asterisk next to the two things just two two things that need to be done that day that are contributing to the majority of my income and my um well-being and as long as those two things get done you're golden everything else is just icing on the cake and i found that just conquering those two things Everything else just seems to get done. And when I take the pressure off of getting everything on, because what I used to do was put the same amount of pressure on everything. Yeah. Everything was equal amounts important. 
And so if I look, if I slipped on two things or You're three devastated. things, I'm so mad and yeah. I feel so behind and I feel so guilty. And you would lose time because of that. Like you would spin out and you would lose time. Because yeah, of that. yeah. Yeah. I would have anxiety attacks and I would spin out for sure. So now it's much more chill. And every time I feel, and I do still have a habit of overcomplicating things, I'm constantly trying to simplify and get, get more simple, get more simple. Yeah. But what happens is when I clear things off my plate, I get so inspired. There's like all this room for creativity. It starts flowing, you know? Yeah. Everything starts flowing in because clarity. there's, yeah, the clarity. Yep. But then I add all these new things on my plate because I'm so excited to do new things. So it's a balance. It's it's always going to be a balancing act, I think, for me at least. So how would you create a system for her if she's just getting going on this new idea? Exactly that. Um, I would list out, well, first of all, also you have a nine to five job. So yeah. Obviously, you unless you plan on leaving that fairly soon, um, you have to get that stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't think you should compare because I don't have a nine to five job. So all of the stuff I do is like circular. Like I do things during the day, but then I'm also vlogging them and then I'm using those life experiences and putting them into a podcast or, you know, whatever. It's all like kind of combined. Mm-hmm. I don't have like a separate nine to five job. Um, so give yourself a break, but get that stuff done. And even within your job, I would say you could probably look at what the 20% of all your product of 80% of your productivity is coming from. And 80% of the stuff you do is only contributing to 20% of your outcome. Mm -hmm. So just take things off your plate, like in your job. And I'm, and I promise you like a miracle, more things get done than you ever try, tried to plan to get done. But if you had to sit down and like, Put it on a piece of paper. Here's a system for her or like for well, anybody in this situation. Like how, would, how, how does that look to you? I don't know what everyone's different. So like it's hard to create a system, a custom system for somebody if I don't know their schedule. But right. I, I would make time for yourself either in the morning or at night, but definitely carve out self time. Have that be a chunk that you put in your schedule that you keep as if it's an appointment, as if it's just as important as showing up to your job. So boom, look. Here, bullet point number one, self-time. Love it. Yeah. Um, well, and in that self-time, I try to either exercise or bullet journal or read a book. Great. So some self-activity. Then you do your work and you try to focus. Well, put your set your schedule up so you're focusing only on the those two huge items mm-hmm. and all the rest like let it work itself out. But I try to work for four hours straight without interruption. I think that four hours or telling myself at least to work for four hours straight without interruption, you get the most done. You get into a flow state. Yes, the you, m- you, momentum. What, what hurts a lot of people is interruptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting interrupted by Instagram or social media or a text message or a phone or an email or whatever. And companies have even done studies and shown that the more that you get interrupted for breaks, the more yes. time it takes you to start working again. Yeah, it's very, it's not good. Um, and you can't achieve that flow state where it feels like everything's effortless. Which is why companies are trying to get rid of breaks and they should. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Well, in California, I believe you get a break every six hours. So if you did concentrate it out of four hours of work, you would make it in time for your break. There you go. So do that. People I worked with bro- took smoke breaks every 30 minutes, by the way. But yeah, go ahead. Then meditate on your lunch break. Um, and then I don't know, fuck around the rest of the time because like when you do, when you just focus on the two major things, the rest of the little things, they'll get done so easily. Mm-hmm. And then you'll just have all these extra time. And that's when you can work on you. Um, I'm not going to encourage you to work on your side hustle during work hours. But if you have extra time left over, I mean, 
I would do that. Yeah. I would sneak it in. And then make sure when you're doing your side hustle, you block out the same four hours of time. Give yourself, I heard this saying that's like, when, you, when you're first starting a business, um, treat your business like a job until it pays you like a business or something like that. I, Bus- I fucked it Business up. like a job. Yeah. Yeah, until it becomes your business. Until it pays you like your business. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you have to treat it um, when you're self-employed, you got to get even better with time management than you, than you've ever been in your life because no, you don't have a boss. You don't have people telling what to do. You don't have people telling you to show up whenever you have to set your schedule. So, um, you need to treat it with the same level of importance as your, as you treat your job and you set a schedule and you show up for work and you work on your side hustle for And how do you get things done at work? Straight. You have deadlines too. Yeah. I think deadlines are the biggest fucking help for me personally. Mm-hmm. If I give myself a deadline, I will hit it. Yes. If, if I, no matter what, everyone knows that about me. If I get a deadline, I'm hitting it. So that's something that if you know that you will be accountable like that because you don't want to let anybody down, and so you know you can use that to your advantage, take note of the way that you work and exploit it. Yeah. And rest. I know you said you get eight hours of sleep, but I have a really hard time taking a day off. Like a really hard time. Yeah. I even you're I, more miserable after a day off, frankly. I am. Unless we're on vacation, and it was like planned. Because it's advance. like, oh, I only have this one day off. Like, well, there's so much personal things I want to, so yeah. many personal things I want to do. So many candles I want to make and yeah. stickers I want to. Print. Do I want to make candles or do I want to make stickers or do I want to paint my nails or yeah. do I want to, you know, pet my organize my closet? Minutes. Yep. Do I want to go furniture shopping for three hours? Online. Online, yeah. <laughs> you know, so good luck with that. But I just want you to know, yeah, don't compare yourself. And also, one thing that really helped me in therapy when I was having a hard time with the comparison aspect was um, she asked me to tell her things about the, about my life that I liked. Yeah. So I was like, well, I love my husband mm-hmm. and um, you know, I love my cats. Uh, and she was like, well, where do you live? And I was like, we live in studio city. And she was, she asked me some questions about my life and basically made a list of all the things that I, I like about my life. And then she goes, okay, now imagine you're someone else that's never met you. Mm. Or imagine you come, like, before you started your life, you're, like, up in heaven, and you're like, okay, what's my life going to be like? And someone shows you this snapshot, and it's like, oh, look, you are married to somebody that you really love, and they love you back, and um, you live in a little cute little apartment in Studio City with your two cats, and, oh, you get to, like, um, make YouTube videos for a living. And, like, she, she explained it to me like that from my list. And I was like, oh, shit. Just like you just reflected my life back to me. Like, do that yeah. for yourself. And I think you'll find that you do a lot more shit than you give yourself credit for. But, that, but the, because of the type of personality that you are, perhaps. Yeah. It, you, you cannot give yourself any credit ever. And that's what I go through with this chick all the time is I have to remind her of all the things that she's doing really well. And that seems to help a lot. Yeah. But then sometimes you're not in the mood. It's true. You're not down to hear it. Nope. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm just matter. a self-hater and I yeah. want to hate and that's it. You could have won a fucking Marconi <laughs> award and you're like, nah, fuck you. I, I Journaling helps with that too. At the end of the day, journaling mm-hmm. and write, it, trying to remember all the things I did and writing them down as if I'm documenting it in my head. Um, I'm like, oh shit, I actually did get a lot done. Dude, Nikki's the only person who I think would win an award and be like, she'd go up to the podium and be like, thanks, I'm b- really busy. And then she'd walk <laughs> off. <laughs> I've never won an award, so. Well, that's true, but that, I, I had to imagine it, you know. <laughs> yeah. You have to go to that you place. You to stretch your you imagination. Place, yeah. Am I wearing something you look pretty? Beautiful. Yeah, you look beautiful. Oh, okay, good. You're wearing bright red. Okay. 
I'll good because like, I'm going like to need those one. pictures for the gram. And I understand. As long as someone. I also like that, that certain emerald green on you. You know that? Oh I like, yeah. I like bright red on you. I like emerald green on you. you. Like and black. I like black on you. I think. Yeah. yeah those, those those are maybe top two red and black. Yeah. I like that emerald green. And the, but you, I also like that yeah. navy blue on you. Okay, so that's a lot of colors. Wow, well, yeah. Remember that bathing suit, that navy blue bathing suit that I liked? Yeah. Yeah. I have it still. Yeah, I like it. Next time we can go on a actual vacation, I'll That'd wear be it. Sick. That'd be sick. Anyway, anonymous. I hope that helped, and I hope I wish you the best. I, you got this. I think your black bathing suit's my favorite, though. I like the black one, but it hurts yeah. my shoulders. Oh, I know that's that's too bad. So that's why I wear the red one a I lot. I get it. Okay. Oh, I like the red one a lot. Yeah, the red one's good. Yeah. Next, I want to hear about icy scripts. Okay. Okay. Hey, Iceman. What's up, Icebreaker? What's up? What's up, guy? How are you? First off, you two are so good to my fucking brain, dude. I love y'all. My name is Isaac. Oh, it's it's spelled it's spelled differently. It's spelled A I Z I K. Oh, that's not classic yeah. at all. But it's it, a new he Isaac. says pronounced Isaac. Okay, new Isaac. And I was just wondering if we could get a little bit of insight into Steve's script writing process. I've been very interested in all things behind the scenes when it comes to media, and I always wondered how a script should be structured. What works best for you, Steve? Thank you. Sorry oh. if you covered this. I'm a fairly new listener, but I'm obsessed. No, you're good. So, okay, I'll try to be as um, interesting as possible about it. Yeah. Get the book Save the Cat. Um, that's probably the best book about screenwriting you're ever going to read in your life. And then um, every time that I go to write a, a new script, I read it again. I've read that book for fucking, I've probably written 15, I think, screenplays at yeah. this point. And more series than I can even fucking tell you right now. I, read, I wrote two um, cartoon shows, uh, seasons. And so, yeah, th- every time, though, that I go to write a, a movie, I got to read that book again because it just helps you so much with the structure. And really, it's it's just about nailing that structure, but having something. And this is what's so great about that book is that Blake Snyder talks about having like your elevator pitch ready to go. Like, am I going to tell a movie that's interesting? Like, mm. like if Nikki names a movie to me right now, go ahead. Uh, Garden State. Okay, Garden State. Um, a guy who mourning the loss of his mother, I think, mm-hmm. right? Guy mourning the mo- loss of his mother um, goes home and has no idea where home really is for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you can just take something that you know and make it sound more interesting than maybe it even is. That was really good. Thank you. I can, I can do that pretty good because I, I, really, I really challenge myself. Almost like I remember my sister when we were growing up, I knew she was going to be a veterinarian because she used to sit there with flashcards yeah. and she would memorize every fucking single bird. Yeah. And like just, she did it on her own because it was fun. The 10,000 hours of being a, to be a master. Exactly. Yeah. And I do that with movies all the fucking time. You can ask Nikki. It's kind of annoying sometimes. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. Because we'll be watching a movie and I'll literally pause it. And be like, oh, 20 minutes in. 20 minutes yeah. in. They're doing this. Okay, cool. Because I love this shit. <laughs> I fucking love it. You'll start to see the formula behind every movie. That's how what, it's structured so, and everything. And that's, and I, you know, it's one of those things that it sucked to begin with when I first started to see the structure of everything because I read this book which is what I'm telling you to do but once I started to see it all you, you kind of see where everything's going to go mm-hmm. but then you're like oh man but I still love all this shit so it's it's like yeah. I know more about it it's just like you you love Disneyland like but even when you go underneath in the tunnels and you see the way it was all built you're like I still love it yeah like actually that's how I felt about stand-up comedy oh yeah actually yeah, yeah. the more you did it the more you loved it yeah it's like I used to sit in the audience and watch all the other comics and, and laugh at everything. And I still, and I knew how it worked, but it was still like be magic tricks, you know? 
But then once I learned how the magic is and like I, I did it over and over and over and over again, you start to like, it takes a really good magician to like really trick you. Yeah. Um, and so you start, you just appreciate like when a really good person's on stage. Yeah. And and, and all they're doing up there is telling stories or, or, or trying to tell jokes, but usually they're stories. And that's what you're trying to do, right? You're trying to tell a story that's like in you, that's got to get out of you somehow. Like Nikki, like Nikki has this great quote that Nikki Nikki said, "Don't mm-hmm. don't die with your music still in you." <laughs> did not. Doctor Wayne Dyer said this. It's a great this. quote yeah. from Nikki. Um, but yeah, no. So so take your idea, and just and then just start to you know give me that elevator pitch, okay? Before you even sit there and write your whole movie, give me like what is the core of your movie that that's going to make people go, "I want to watch that shit." Right, because that's how you get other people going. I want to pay to help you make that so that I can watch that shit. That's the hardest thing for me to do. Is it like summaries, like mm. brevity, summarizing oh, something I love in, in oh a Brevity's sentence? Everything. It's so hard for me unless I have it. Well, I guess if I had it pre-written out, like, but it mm-hmm. would. It takes me a long time to like condense. Yeah. It's so much better. Yeah. So much better. Yeah. But I just like have the hardest time with that. Yeah, so I hope that helps you. I, um, I can go into much more detail, but I don't. I, th- I think you need to start at this book. You need to start at yeah. Save the Cat, and then you need to start at your core idea of what you want to do, like what you want to, what story do you want to tell, and, and what genre is your story as well. And only I think by doing well, you find like where your weaknesses are that you need to really work on, yes. where your strengths are. My first yeah. couple of scripts were horrible, right? And even looking back on some of the stuff I've done, I'm like, man, I would do so many things differently now. But that's the beauty of like yeah. learning as you go and making something and creatively and putting it out into the world. You, mm-hmm. So when you're learning something new, especially if it's creative, you're not going to be good. Like, no. And even when I say, I say all the time, what do I tell people? I say, I can write a new screenplay in three days, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean it's done. It just means it's like I got it all vomited out on the page. And then you go in and you fucking tweak it all and all that kind of shit. Right. So. Yeah. Good luck out there. Yeah. Good luck out there. Let us know how you're progressing. If you have any questions, let us know. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we have a few more questions from you. So far, no relationship questions. Interesting. It's a record. Very interesting. And not a complaint. It's just a record. No, no, no. It's just just interesting for us. No Bitcoin questions too. Very interesting. And with all the success. We did a whole episode on it. Very interesting. Nobody wants to apologize to me. We're taking a break. You can apologize at podcast.nikki.me. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out a huge amount. Like we're not desperate. We're like kind of desperate we're giving shout outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings so huge shout out right now to brian jorgensen that was sick of you dude thank you god bless uh huge shout out right now to mark mark w in springfield connecticut back to our podcast jenny Bly, hey, back to our podcast in Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast god bless you thank you steven huge. thank you for supporting the show <laughs> okay and we're back and we have some more questions right. from ya. Are you ready? What's that accent? Ah, that's the Valley Girl accent. I thought it was Minnesota. Minnesota? Min- oh. You said it was Min- Minnesota? That's a very California accent. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. All right, here we go. This one's called Not a Relationship Question. That's the theme of this, this <laughs> podcast People episode. People are like, we're sick of it. <laughs> All right. All right, we get it. Okay, here it goes. Please get me anonymous. Thanks a bunch. All right. Your anonymous name is Mochi 
Mochi, mochi chocolate. Mi- mochi choco. <laughs> Hi, Icebreaker and Iceman. What's up? Thank you for using the preferred Iceman. Thank you. Yeah, and the preferred Icebreaker. Love the podcast, by the way. You guys are a constant. You guys are constant in my drive to and from work all the time. Oh, we love you. I'm going to keep they my question. They still have sh- a job. That's great. That's amazing. And you, <laughs> they still have to commute to their job. Oh, it's fucking fantastic. Wow. What's Good that news. like? Good news out there. I'm going to keep my question short and sweet. This is not a long, this is not really a relationship question ish. Hmm. LOL. But how do I start managing me and my fiance's finances? Oh, fiance's you're good. Fun- fiance's you're good. finances. It's a semi relationship question. It is. We have always just managed our own finances, but now that we recently just got engaged, we want to be able to manage our finances together, but don't know where to start. Do we open a joint account together, but still keep our own separate accounts and put a set percentage into the joint account? Is that a good idea? Or is pulling everything together in one joint account a better idea? Help. Lots of love, K. So this is a relationship question if I ever heard one in my whole life, actually. It's so such a juicy relationship question. Because guess what? You both need to sit down and decide if you're going to do one account or not. And like who who each other is, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like are are you a comp- the duties. A compulsive spender? Are we gonna have some oh, kind of right. you know, like all that kind of stuff? You need to know that finances is the number one reason couples divorce. The crater. That's like the number one divorce. Finance and chores, by the way. You gotta help with the chores out there. Yes. But on the divorce papers, it's always something to do with finances. Well, this usually mostly. says irreconcilable differences. Yes. So, but you're wrong. Yeah. Okay. You're dead wrong. Sorry, my bad. Okay, but no, that's yeah, the legal it's term a, that they use. But yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. But if you talk to people that got divorced, it's either finances is number one, and then there's like cheating or abuse, and that's not fun. Brad and Jen. Yeah. 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 Your husband goes and makes a movie with another A-list celebrity, yeah, and yeah, and she's really hot too, yeah, and she's very like sexual, super and sexy. maybe he's, she's sexy in a way that your wife, current wife, isn't that sexy. But even your, though, wife, even your current wife is very sexy. Pretty sexy. She's yeah. very sexy. Just not in the same way the that same this other woman way. is sexy. She's it's not, not hitting those like same buttons. Exotic, I guess. Yeah, or, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. How do you mysterious? Mysterious. Yeah, mysterious. Yeah. So, anyway, Steve's absolutely right. You figure out, you don't want any surprises. No, exactly. So, figure out each other's spending habits. Um, I would even like, create separate budgets and like compare and contrast to each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you kind of if you guys are happy now like you could just keep in mind to keep it the same you know that's yeah. that's really helpful but um also who who will be managing the finances once you're in a couple if one person just tends to naturally be better at it or like they they're more drawn to it then that person should take over but if you're both into it then you you guys can work out a, work out a system where maybe you create a budget together and then you at least know exactly what you're spending and you know what how much should be spent on food how much should be spent on clothes how much you know etc um so that Nikki, everyone no one's out of the loop yeah and Nikki's dad's a cpa and i met him when i had debt yeah so i think you know the writing's on the wall there yeah, he had a lot of debt. <laughs> I had like 13k in debt. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Not just debt, but you owed the IRS. It was a it was a brutal. It brutal wasn't like situation. a credit card company or a student loan. It was yep. the goddamn IRS. Yep. But her dad, amazing as he is, he yeah. helped me sit down, come up with a plan for how to pay that off, and I did yeah. it in like a year. Yeah. So you know that's that, but that was Nikki comes built in with a CPA dad that she listened to. Yeah. It's not like she like didn't listen to him either. And my mom was a, a banker. vice president of a bank. Oh, by the way, I say that a lot. 
um, that like my dad's a CPA, my mom was the vice president of a bank. Oh, they think it's like Wells controller. Fargo or some shit and that you're rich as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, well, or they think it. that it's always been that way. So it was not like that growing up. Um, my dad hadn't even finished school yet when I was born. I went to his graduation when I was four. Um, and then my mom. She, she, was, she lived in a garage your first four years. I don't know if it was four years, but it was like, That's yeah. What your dad the, said. Oh, was it four? <laughs> Maybe. I don't remember. But yeah, I lived in a garage in my um, grandma's garage uh, with my parents for my, the beginning of childhood. And then. Um, then my dad got a job as a bookkeeper. So like it wasn't like he was a CPA. He actually didn't become like pass the CPA exam until well into my childhood. And then he had to go back to get his master's to become like a CPA, CPA. Mm-hmm. And then he taught at the university and stuff. And then my mom, she didn't even graduate with a bachelor's. She could only get an associate's degree. And she was going to school also when I was a kid. And she was just a bank teller. She was a teller at a bank. And then she got to her level by just working her way up the ladder. So it wasn't until I was like in high school that they both were like at the positions that they're in. But they learned a lot along the way. So they fucked up a lot uh, along the way. And we were poor and I didn't know it. It was like that kind of thing where like I just didn't know why everyone else had really fancy houses. I just thought they had fancy houses. I didn't know we were poor and they had like regular. And let's be real. We all know. I mean, your mom has an associate's degree. Yeah. We all know how she got those bank jobs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hard work. Really hard work. Yeah. And loyalty. Yeah. Yes. Um, so anyway, so they didn't like, it wasn't like growing up, they were like so in their element and like really honed it, drilled it into me. It was like, we fucked up a lot and here's yes. how to prefer. But they're honest about that. <laughs> yeah, they That's were. That's huge. Because when shit was not working out in my household, my parents would lie. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But it didn't work because I'm a child who can hear crying. So oh. I'm like, oh, I didn't hear you crying, Ma. I know things aren't great. And she's like, things are kick-ass, man. Things is kick-ass. And you're just like, I don't buy this. Wow. Yeah. My parents want us to set our expectations really low mm-hmm. so that like when things went well, like we could be excited. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, figure out who like... Uh, oh yeah so that scared the shit out of me and so i made sure to always keep my finances on yep. point except for this one time that was like three months of my life where it went to shit and, and everything could get destroyed destroyed in an instant um so be careful about that but yeah like i've always been pretty good at, at managing money um so and i was like dude taxes why does everyone bitch about taxes all the time i go into turbo tax <laughs> just put in all my shit and then it's fucking done i get a sick check i get like <laughs> two grand and then i become a sole proprietor so, yeah. Because I'm or doing YouTube. A contractor, basically. Yes. Oh, yeah, exactly. Independent or, contractor. Yeah, independent contractor. And then all of a sudden, you get you tax bills, and you're like, what the fuck is this? This can't be right. You don't know <laughs> that you were supposed to put away. A, fuck no. Yeah, because when you're a W-2 employee, it gets withheld for you. So I knew tuber, I know every tuber fucking back in the day, but there was a tuber who was particularly a very annoying tuber. And I remember him coming into uh, Maker Studios at the time crying. He was like in tears, like shaking. And this is somebody who flaunted wealth all the fucking time. And they're like fucking dunking on everybody. And like, how many views did that get? <laughs> like all that kind of shit. I think I know who it is. I, I, I know you know. But um, he was in tears. And he's like, he's like, oh my God, like my fucking taxes. This is crime. <laughs> this is a crime. He's like, I'm so fucked. <laughs> and I couldn't help but laugh because it was just because of who he was <laughs> and what a prick he had been. 
Yeah. It was just fucking hysterical. That's really funny. But yeah, that happens. So there's a wall that a lot of tubers hit where they just are like, wait, I got to pay all these taxes. What is that shit? Yeah. And I was kind of one of them, unfortunately. I get it. Well, yeah. in your 20s, you really, before you get like a, a job where you're making a de- like a decent income, yeah. you just see taxes as like this thing where you get a check. But it's <laughs> you hilarious. You get a refund. Because you tell these stories on JK and stuff and people go like, Man, Nikki's dad paid Steve's taxes off. It's crazy. And I'm like, you guys are so fucking. <laughs> the commenters are the commenters so on, on JK are are I'm like, no, very I just didn't special. know that They're I owed this much, and I was like, how do I do this? And then her dad like helped me come up with a plan. That's it. There's commenters it. on there that think I married you for money, which is hilarious. That's really funny. That's so funny. funny. So you can't ever you look at that. You find out that you married me for money later. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I I made an investment. Exactly. I, I'm pretty sure into exactly. you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so the way that we do it is we have a budget. I like to set a budget every quarter because our finances are constantly shifting because this industry is, is very volatile. Yeah. And Shout I just Hollywood fucking shut down for a year. Yeah. <laughs> I like to make sure that we have a de- decent amount of padding. So I budget us in a way where we don't have to be scared. Yeah. And um, there's enough like in savings and stuff and we're contributing to that and there, and then we have enough to eat and live and stuff like that. So I have a budget and then I show Steve the v- budget and I'm like, we have to limit our groceries to this. We spent way too much last month, oh. blah, blah, blah. And then um, I have different, you know, credit cards that give us different percentages back and um, I tell them which ones we could spend on what. And then I make sure all the credit cards are paid off. I have them on auto pay, but yeah. then I also pay off the balance twice a month because I don't like carrying a balance. Yeah. Um, and I have one that I auto pay off. And then I also take care of our insurance. Yeah. And so we just kind of sat down and figured out who's going to do what. Nikki does like 80% of it. I, yeah. I do like, you know, because I, I have a, an insurance through the my family's all military. So I yeah. have a sick insurance company that I got um, us both into since we got married. And so I take care of that part of it. And then, yeah. And we do have one bank account, um, but we didn't combine until after we got married. And I don't know if it makes a difference. I'm sure it doesn't. It's make up to it, you. Really make a difference. It's really up to you. People do it all the time without being married. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't. I was really, I think it was the hardest for me to combine finances because yeah. I like to be in control of everything. everything. And you're like, dude, the first couple months, you're like, what is this? What is this charge? What is this? Yeah. What even is this? Because you're like, I don't even know what that means when it says. Because I check our bank accounts at least once a week. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, when, whenever I see charges that I didn't make, I'm like, what, what was that? I didn't account for that. Like, that's yeah. so weird. Like, is it stolen? <laughs> the first couple months were pretty funny. <laughs> it took some getting used to, for sure. Yeah. But um, once also, you I don't really buy anything though, so I think yeah, yeah now it's pretty cool. It's depends. pretty cool. Like yeah. he, the most he spends money on is Bitcoin stuff. You know what I'm saying? So he and he asked me like, how much can I spend on this? And I yeah, go, you can spend this much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's because we we sat down and we went, hey, if we're gonna make a move, that's a certain amount of money we have to tell each other. Exactly. Which is, usually think, really like healthy. over a thousand dollars. Yeah. Maybe a little. Or like five hundred. Yeah, over five hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, so good luck with that. It is like a little bit weird in the beginning, but once you get a system down and you really establish your roles, it's so smooth. You're good. And uh, everything that can be on auto pay, just put on auto pay. I like how it's it's 500 for me, but it's 1,000 for you. That's <laughs> what you just basically said. You're like, I think I only tell him if it's over 1,000. And I'm like, I'll tell her if it's over 500. <laughs> That's literally what just happened out loud, guys. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I you're bought like, anything recently oh. for over five hundred. Like, yeah, I did. I guarantee you. I did. She's like, I just spent, you know, I spent six, I spent six thousand dollars on this M&M painting. No, 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 it doesn't count because I'll spend like two hundred on a table and like three hundred on a chair, yeah, know, but they're like, 
they're separate items. Yeah. So it doesn't count, even though I bought okay. them together. Well, she just bought, I mean, real quickly, she just bought some art for our place. Yeah. And it was like 50 bucks and she was asking me about it. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> See, like well, that's because it was between $50 and $500 true. painting. If you watch the vlogs, go watch the vlogs. Guess which one I voted for. YouTube.com slash Nikki. You voted for the cheap one. <laughs> right. And I am so thankful because yeah. I don't think I could... I'm not there yet because we don't live in our forever home. Mm -hmm. So spending $500 on art, unless I'm a huge fan of the artist, yeah. I don't think I could do that in a not forever home. How much was Eminem? That? That was 30 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Does not warrant a conversation. I, I agree. But yeah, sometimes you spend stuff and like on Valentine's Day or yeah. whatever, and you're trying to keep it secret from me. So you yeah. put it on the credit card. Yeah. And I didn't know about it. And then all of a sudden, this $300 credit card payment comes True. in automatically. And I'm like, I what, what was that? On the v -day. What was that? Yeah. I get so irate. Um, but yeah, it's fun. We figured it out. Yeah. It's, that it's, was the early on. You don't get irate anymore. Huh? That was the early on when we were all figuring it all out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, this last last year, you planned the whole Valentine's Day trip. We went to Las Vegas and stuff. Yeah. I just forgot about Oh, it. yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah. Okay, open free compliments inside. All right, you got it. Yes. Dear Iceman and Icebreaker, love the show. Can't wait till Thursday for it to download in my feed. Yes. I'm I'm here for the vibe 100%. Awesome. I am Rocky from Texas. Oh, what's up, Rocky? For those of you new to the show, here for the vibe is like, are you here because you want certain information or are you here for the vibe? Exactly. Thank you. Because in the beginning, I was like, people need the information. And then Steve was like, no, they need the vibe. Yeah. And then after a while, I'm like, you know what? They can get the information through the vibe. Yeah. Like, or they can Google it. We can just bring it. Yeah, exactly. We bring up something that you're interested in and we don't have to be experts on it yeah. and delve all the way into exactly. it. You can just go Google it after. Google it. And we'll Our just tell you. Our podcast is like, we bring up a subject and we're like, fucking Google it. We want to bitch about something, but yeah. don't want to tell you like all the intimate details of it. No. Because it's complicated. Go Google it. But we will tell you all the shit they don't tell you. That's right. Okay. Questions at podcast at Nikki.limo and we're going to answer with Google it. Google it, bitch. Jeez. So lazy. We're here for the vibe. Okay, Texas is too big. LOL. I have a question for Steve. Since your topics usually drift into things like flat earth, Bigfoot, and such, see, that? see there you go. You know There's saying? vibe topics. <laughs> this is a vibe. It's a vibe we're here. He's here for the vibe. <laughs> Defo. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Mandela effect, specifically about Moonraker Dolly's races? As a Bond fan, I have seen Moonraker many times. The whole point of Jaws, a killing machine with metal teeth, to instantly fall in love with someone only makes sense if she has braces like him it is the bit so to speak the layup of all layups for a writer but now she doesn't have or ever had braces it's Wait, unbelievable she doesn't have braces hold on i didn't know that he's talking about moonraker with roger moore yeah a guy named richard Carn or, or no um robert keel he plays the guy jaws in this film and he has a girlfriend this is his second appearance after the spy who loved me and she smiles a lot and I swear to God, she had braces. She doesn't, and she never had braces. That is It's fantastic. unbelievable. Mm. I feel y'all will do a whole episode on this, but I really wanted your thoughts on this one because I can't disprove them, this one as a bad memory. I love you guys, Rocky. Well, Rocky, you actually just fucked up my whole world, actually. So thanks a can lot I for- Can I Google her? Because we're- Yeah, please. Can we Google it? Look up Moonraker Dolly, I guess is Google her name. It. I didn't even know her name was, but I know who she who he's talking about because I- picture this chick with braces smiling at the end of this moonraker dolly braces is by the way the second thing that comes up in the google suggestion yeah this is pretty hot right now i guess okay 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 yeah mandela effects interesting because yeah. i definitely have those memories like everyone says berenstein bears like changed and then everyone says that um what the hell else wait 
It says Dolly has braces debunking Mandela effects. And oh yeah, she, she does have braces. She has them in the site unless they photoshopped it on. Let's see. Okay, okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's okay. see. Let's see. See, that's we Google it I've ourselves. Seen this, I've seen these movies so many times. <gasps> actually, Google actually Dolly does not have braces once what? you like try to debug it. I think they photoshopped it on because that's how everyone remembers her. Yeah, I do. Okay, here is This is a scene. Wait, okay. oh, this is they people recreated this the way they thought they remembered it. So they I swear to God, she they had put braces. it on with with braces. Well, this one she, they okay. Let me just get the original one. Because and like he said, that's what, the original. Yeah. Why didn't she have braces? It's so funny. Like like he was saying. So yeah, like ironic. it would make sense because she's he has metal mouth. His name is Jaws. Why wouldn't she have braces? It's fucking a dunk. It's a layup. Hold on one second. I'm gonna pull this video okay. up because I feel like you need to react to it. Okay, there's Josh. Classic scene. He he just fell to earth, I believe. Okay, she's p p picking up mm -hmm. a wheel. Mm -hmm. Metal mouth shines. And now she doesn't, doesn't have, have braces. braces. It's the angle. She has shiny teeth because of the angle and the light. And because they had just shown you him doing the same smile with metal in his mouth. That is fascinating. How crazy. Wow, you just blew my mind, bro. That's I hate the Mandela effect. Yeah, it's pretty weird, right? I really hate it because I feel gaslighted. I feel gaslit. Gaslit, yeah. I think that's why people drive them insane. Yeah. Well, because I definitely remember, I mean, everyone likes to say the example where um, Sinbad was in yeah. the Genie movie. And I'm like, dude, I swear to God, he's in at least a Genie commercial. Yeah. He had to be I in a Genie God, something. But, but then if you watch some Sinbad shit, he really just had like parachute pants on a lot. <laughs> and like he, he was, he was Genie-ish in and a lot like of his the, clothes. And the show sh or the movie Shazam came out around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows, man? I have no idea. But I remember it. That's the thing. Shaquille O'Neal was introduced to me as a as a child and as an icon. Yeah. I remember Shaquille O'Neal's face, like looking at Shaquille O'Neal going, that's Shaquille O'Neal. Yes. When I saw Sinbad, I knew Sinbad because Sinbad was fucking huge at the time. So the idea that I didn't see Sinbad as a genie, I don't believe you. Yeah. I remember that. Me too. I can so picture weird. it so vividly Me in too. my head. Also, did you know that um, Purple genie pants. in Snow White, she doesn't go mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest one of all? She doesn't say that. What did she say? She says something completely different. What Hold on. About? I know, right? You remember it that way, right? Yeah. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest one of all? Okay. No, she doesn't say that shit. What did she say? Mirror, <clears throat> mirror on the wall. Okay. Listen, guys, we're going to get to the bottom of this shit right now. We're going to debunk this thing right now. She says, mirror, mirror in my hand, who is the fairest in the land? What? What? Okay, wait. It says, okay, how about the Disney version? Tell us. The yeah, Disney version. Remember in Batman 1989 when Jack Nicholson is like asking for a mirror? And he's like, mirror, mirror. I remember hearing Mir sit pronounced like that, and I'm like, I don't know. Mm. Very interesting. I didn't listen to anything you were saying because I was trying to figure out. I was out trying to see if mirror. it was a Mandela effect thing, but I think it did. It does happen in the movie. Okay. Magic mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest one of all? Magic mirror on the wall? I'll take it. No, it was mirror, mirror on the wall. I think that that's something that we changed it to. 
Like, because we're kids and shit. Obviously, that's what happened, but, but everyone remembers it. That's not as mirror, crazy as like it not being that at all. That would have blown my fucking mind wall. right now. I would have been floored. Pisses me off. Because there are some things, like, for example, we talked about D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Where, like, D.B. Cooper was never called D.B. Cooper. Mm-hmm. And, like, some journalist afterward just called them D.B. Cooper, even yeah, though he was there... called Dan Cooper on the flight. Okay. And everyone talks about him as D.B. Cooper, but that's yeah, not but a Mandela Yeah, but you can effect. go back and you can see where the change happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for this one, everybody, even when I was just pulling up trying to find it, there were articles where... Um, they quoted her as saying mirror, mirror on the wall and the article was about something completely different mm-hmm. but they were just quoting the queen and they, they quoted it mirror, mirror on the wall because that's what everyone, no, everyone remembers. Yeah, everyone repeated it. At like mirror, that. mirror on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who the, who changed it? Well, it could be we just watched it. We all saw the same Animaniacs episode where they, they had Yeah, that. exactly. You never know. That's true. I love Animaniacs. Same. All right. Um, let's see. Next question. Sorry, we kind of did an, an episode on Mandela Effect just now. <laughs> right? It's not very hey, look, many other... We'll go deeper on this. This is good shit, buddy. You just blew my fucking mind on the braces thing. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I will. maybe we'll do a whole episode on Mandela Effect. That's pretty interesting. Okay. Should I stay or should I go now is the title of this Classic question. song as well. Yes. If I stay, there will be trouble. If I go, there will be double. Okay, you two are in a rela- wait. You two are relationship and life goals. Thank you. Thank you. Love the show. I've been married for five years and have a great job that pays well. Good for you. Oh yeah, dude. My wife wants okay. to move to Texas to be closer to her friends and family. I'm not completely opposed, but I really don't want to leave my job. I'm fully vested, have great insurance and benefits, and it's hard to just start all over in a place I've never been to. I want my wife to be happy, but I also don't want to end up at a crap job that pays less. Any advice would help. Ooh. That's so hard. He's, he's financially driven and the wife is more, um, what do you call it? Well, she wants to be closer to her friends and family. Yeah, so she's more like personal but, driven. But she, it doesn't sound like he has any friends or family there. Oh, right. He says he's never even been there. Oh, right, right, right. So right. like he, you're asking someone to completely uproot their life because you want to go see your friends and family. That's hard. Pretty good argument though. And, and to leave their job. That's hard. That um, they built that they really like and enjoy. It depends on what you derive your satisfaction from exactly. more. Do you derive it more from your ability to uh, create income and really love the work that you're doing? Or do you derive it from making your wife happy? You know, because you choose, by the way, you have to choose. It's one or the other. I just think that maybe she should compromise a little if, if it's really going to hurt you. Yeah, what about, I mean, you get paid okay, right? So I'm just trying to put myself in, in their shoes, well, right? Well, getting paid though, right? Yeah. So you, you can do things with your money that let you visit friends and family more, mm-hmm. and maybe there's a compromise in there. Yeah, like you can go. Well, you don't have to live there, but you can right. go there more. Or you could even like get a second home there or something, or like an Airbnb thing. You, something. Yeah, something where like you, you visit there often. Why is it going to be live? Right. That's the, my biggest cue. But- you know, maybe she's just like over where you live and you should pay more attention to the way that she views her environment right now. Yeah, and I feel maybe like there's like, some missing information. Yeah, like take notice of how she's reacting like to where you guys live and ask her questions about it and stuff and engage with her about it. Because, yeah, there's just, just something. I think if you can get on her page and understand why the move to Texas, maybe you'll be excited about it too. But if not, then maybe she'll see it more your way where you're like i don't even know why Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it really depends on where you guys are in your relationship and the reasons that she would want to go. Um, and is there no work for you in Texas, like in that field and that, that specific job? Sounds like you're nervous about that. So yeah. there's a lot to consider. Yeah, I mean, the way that you word it, and this is only from your perspective, so I, I don't know your wife's perspective and uh, all the other details that I'm missing, but the way that you've worded it at least it doesn't sound like it's a great deal for you. She's just like, I want to go hang out with my friends. That's why you worded it so far. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, pal. Yeah. It's not that good argument. So we, we kind of have your side here. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I Like, don't know. why can't our family and friends move there? Yeah, or what's up with that, right? Move like, closer to why her. Did, why? What's under that, right? Why does she need to feel the need to be with friends and family right now? Has she yeah. been in quarantine for a certain amount of time? Does she feel very alone? Does she feel isolated in a social circle? Like, does she have a falling out with friends where you live? Like, there's all kinds of shit that I have questions about. Yeah. But I wish I knew more. Not enough information. But Sorry. we wish you the best. Yeah, I seriously. really hope that you guys can work it out. Five years is a, a long marriage and communicate time. with your chick. Communicate with her. I'm sure you are. But I'm just saying, like, I mean, you can always do more, I'm sure. Yeah, communication is everything. Good luck out there. Okay, this one. Should I trust my boyfriend after he deleted his texts? P.S. Please keep me anonymous. Okay, first off, I started getting into your podcast during the beginning of quarantine and absolutely love it. The dynamic between you two is hilarious and I love that you two can be both so entertaining and goofy, but you aren't afraid to dive deep into topics. Oh, Oh, we love you. you. Thank you. I've learned a lot more than I expected, like building a credit score and had a lot of laughs listening to YouTube. They're here for the vibe. They're here for the vibe, but they also get a little bit of information. How about that? Yeah. Thanks for being such an awesome couple and getting me through some tough times this year. Also got into Big Mood, which has been a big help in both just boosting my mood and also giving me the big sister type advice. Our biggest competitor, competitor, by the way. Chief competitor. Brought up on the show. I come from a conservative family, so your podcast is like the big sister I've always wanted when I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone in my family about my personal life. Backstory. You could skip this and go to the problem or just read on your own time and sum it up. Um, okay. Her and her boyfriend have been together for three years. She's 25. Um, and he's 32. Past year, they were on and off a few times. And when they weren't dating, uh, never cared if he talked or slept to other girls because they both had the right to talk to other people while they were single. Got into a fight in October. Didn't talk for a week. Uh, during that week, he met a girl at the gym, got her number to make things weirder. She knows this girl because she went to the same school as her growing up. And Mm. she's always been very flirtatious and comfortable around guys. After... Her and her boyfriend got back together. He never told uh, he never told her about this girl until they were both lifting and saw her at the gym. And then he went up to her and said, hi. I asked why he just went up to her and said, uh, hi. And that's when he brought up that they're friends and she's been over to her house and all this stuff. I was caught off guard and upset. He didn't tell me it was with the girl the, the week that we weren't talking, but he swore they never did anything. They were purely just friends. Even if they were physical, I wouldn't have been upset. It just felt weird that he never thought to mention her considering he knows that I know her and only told me after I questioned why he went up to say hi to her at the gym. Mm. Later that day, the girl messaged me on Facebook saying, Oh, Hey, I saw you at the gym. I thought that was weird because we aren't friends. After some small talk, I asked if my boyfriend led her on or if they're actually mutually friends. And she said they were just friends and that she was going through a divorce and he listened to her and he was a great guy. I took her word for it and um, told my boyfriend that I'm not mad at him or this girl. I'm just not comfortable with them still texting or hanging out now that they're back together, considering um, now that her and her boyfriend are back together, considering they met while they were both single and looking for someone to talk to slash be with. I never uh, been jealous like this before. And I've I've always trusted him when he's talked to or hung out with girlfriends he's known for years. I just felt like this particular situation is different and made me super uncomfortable considering when and how they met. I think, yeah, you're go with yeah, your gut you're good. here. You're good, chick. He opened a channel 
with this person and you're trying to ask for it to be closed because the channel was opened entirely because you weren't in the picture. Yeah. So here's the problem. So that was the backstory. Okay. Here's the problem. My boyfriend pulled up a picture of a puppy this girl had texted him the other day and I was thrown off hearing that they were still texting. I had his phone in my hand and I immediately went straight to their text, which I've never done in my life. I've Guys never so looked through his phone. Sometimes. Holy shit. Yeah. I've never looked uh, through his phone at all until that moment. And I saw that they were sending pictures of what they were doing earlier in that day. And she asked if I was with him because if not, she wanted to hang out with him if he was free. And let her know. No, she wanted asked if I was there so that, and let her know we're, we aren't friends. <laughs> I was so upset seeing this because I told him before I didn't feel comfortable with this. He then defended it saying that she had asked him out, not the other way around, which I responded, why does she think it's okay to Correct. ask you out? Correct. Exactly. Good question. It also felt like he never planned to tell me this girl asked to hang out with him. Obby. I asked him if I could see their conversation because I felt like something was off, which again, in the three years we've been together, I have never asked to look through his phone ever I until then. You. you sound very reasonable. He got super defensive and said I should just trust him if I love him and then proceeded to delete their entire conversation. <laughs> that felt extremely sketchy to me and hurt me a lot because I felt like he was gaslighting me by saying I'm in the wrong because I have no reason not to trust him. He kept honing in on the fact that they weren't physical, but I kept saying I wasn't accusing him of that. I felt betrayed and that, that, that they were still talking after I already expressed to him I was uncomfortable with it. Cool. This and, chick is fucking cornering your dude. Yes. Come on. And now I'm even, I'm just even more convinced there was something in their conversation he was trying to hide from me after he deleted it. Duh. Question. I've never been jealous or insecure like this before. And I'm starting to question if I'm a bad girlfriend for asking oh to God, see his no. phone and not trusting him or if that's a normal reaction for me to be questioning things, considering everything leading up to that point. He texted and called me saying stuff like he loves me. I'm the one he sab I'm the one who sabotaged the relationship and he shouldn't have to prove that he's innocent why would you have done what what would you have done in this position? Do you feel like it's wrong to ask your partner to see their messages between them and the opposite sex? How would you respond if they deleted everything so you couldn't see it? And what am I supposed to do right now? I haven't been responding to him because I feel so confused on how I should feel and what I should do or say. I would really appreciate an outside perspective on this. P.S. I know this is a long email, so if you decide to develop, delve into this, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to read it and give me advice. It was good info. Dude, this was a lot of good info. It was good very info. well outlined. Very concise, actually. Yeah. Um, you're not crazy. I know how it feels though to be in that position where they're trying to make you feel crazy because oh, you snooped from my you don't phone. Trust me. What the fuck? You, I don't get it. Like you're doing the bad thing because you snooped, and it's like just no, because I, there's cause doesn't mean you should go through my phone. And, I, and it's like you didn't go through their phone. You asked if you could see yeah. their his conversation because he already violated a boundary. Yeah. You set a boundary. He agreed upon it. Mm -hmm. He said, "I agree. I will not talk to her yep. again." And then he broke that boundary. He crossed that line. Rather brazenly. And when Look you, at her puppy photo. When you called him out on it, he deleted the entire conversation. Very sketchy. Like if you, if the, he has nothing to hide, then he should just say, no, you can't look through my phone and no. not delete the conversation. He deleted it because she doesn't trust him, Nikki. And it just hurts right, him right, so right. much. It just hurts him so much. She's yeah. such a bad girlfriend. Yeah. That's why he has to delete his conversation. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I think that anytime someone caught him, girl. If he's doing something that he's too scared to tell you about, that's a huge red flag. If he's gonna throw his phone in the lake because you want to check it, that's a red flag. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's it. And then turn around and be like, "Why are you so crazy?" Yeah. He's like, "What do you mean you want proof?" He's like, "The proof. The proof is drowning right now." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, because you did that. And, and you made me do that. Yeah, you exactly. made me throw my phone on a lake just to prove a point. No, this guy, listen. No. He's trying to have his cake and eat it too. He thinks you're dope. He thinks she's dope. He's trying to play that middle road game. And uh, yeah, you're not here for it. 
Yeah, even if nothing physical happened. He's emotionally cheating on he, you. He's definitely... There's definitely something in that conversation he wants to hide, and the only thing that would be feasible to hide is either nude pictures or he's emotionally cheating or on better, you. Better. Saying that uh, he's if he says something in there like... Um, Oh, you're so much cooler than my chick. Yeah, man. some shit like so that. So smarter, so I can feel like I can say anything I want. What's so here. silly is that he thinks that deleting the conversation makes him look less suspicious. No, he's just he's just trying to Pivot. save his ass. Yeah, he's like throwing a throwing a gun out of window because you got a cop coming. And then like, be like, you don't have proof of a gun. Yeah, it was like I just saw you throw the gun. Right. <laughs> it's, no, the guy no, ridiculous. Yeah, um, and what I would do is tell him exactly that he crossed a boundary and that you did nothing wrong at all in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You weren't snooping. You you were looking at something else, and it, it popped up. He showed it to you. Yeah. You weren't snooping. Then you asked him if he's still communicating with the chick that he said he wasn't, and he obviously is. And then he deleted the conversation. Yeah. So you have every right to believe that it was shady. And now he doesn't want. Now he wants to put it on you, and he it, should be uh, the one apologizing right now. Yes. And instead, Probably. he's putting it on you. I'm so no. sorry. I Thank will. you. Goodbye. Yeah. See ya. Be like, you know what? Have that girl. You know, honestly, you, he doesn't deserve you. You should send him audio soundbite of the breakup button being pressed. Yeah. And we'll, we will provide that right now. Breakup. We should do an episode where we break up with people. for Like, you give us your situation. We'll break up with the person. And oh, you, yeah, just you, send them, them. you just send, send them a the video. Clip. Yeah, yeah. And then let them, and let them know the hashtag uh, shit they don't tell you. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let them know to promote it. Yeah, let them know that, that you're just here for the vibe. That's fantastic. I yeah. like that idea a lot. Yeah, it's great. It could be really destructive as well, which I, which I really enjoy. It's great. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, that's all we got today. I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much for submitting your questions. I feel like we got a good variety. Good, good, got good groove here. Good groove. Finance, some relationships, yeah. some um, compliments. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool stuff. I managed to sneak Bitcoin in there a couple of times. It was, it was overall really solid shit. They Productivity you. stuff. Yeah. That sounds like a email that I wrote about myself. But you definitely wrote that to yourself. Yeah. Um, anyway. We love you guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed this. Hope you rate us in five stars. Please and all it that helps so much. Also, tell your friends about the show. It helps a lot. It does help a lot. Share it with your friends, and, your uh, bestest friends. And we also do a special show called Should, Should I Tell You After Dark. After Dark. On our Patreon. Patreon.com slash sticky, S-T-I-K-K-I. And it's just like the show right now, except that we get pretty intimate about things that are currently happening in our lives. That we're currently trying to figure out that no one, no one told us. Yeah. Yeah. So there, so there's that. You. See you next week. Bye. Bye.